hello. I know, right? It's jamming music. <laughs> hello, everyone. I love watching. So backstage, for those of you who uh, either can't see us because you're listening to this podcast form, or if you catch us live here or on the replay, what you can't see is that backstage, while you're listening to the music, we're back there like dancing and jamming out to the music right along with you because we know you're doing it too. So hi, everybody. Welcome to, um, I don't even know what day it is, Friday, January 27th uh, for Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. And we are so happy to have Victoria Gallagher with us here today. You're going to learn a little bit more about Victoria in a little bit. But first, what's everybody celebrating this week? What are you celebrating? Let's see. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Well, number one, I am celebrating this uh, lovely, yummy cup of coffee. Um, number two, I am celebrating some uh, released weight. Um, I had put on a little bit of weight, and so I've been taking it off. Celebrating uh, some jamming new clients this month. Um, I mean, more clients coming in. I guess it's because it's January, first of the year. Everybody's wanting to make some changes. And, um, and my app, um, that we've been working on for almost a year now is so close to being done. So I've got a lot to be grateful for, a lot to celebrate and, and that, that music I'm <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> that. It's uh, beat. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Lots to celebrate. It's funny. So my husband listens every week and I love that he does that. Thank you, honey, for listening in. Um, it's a, it's one of those things. And I've shared this before. It's like knowing that my mom who's on a plane and is not watching this week, but my mom and my husband join us every week. I'm all at first. I was like, man, are people going to think that's lame? And I'm like, I don't really care. Cause I, <laughs> I am celebrating that my family loves me so much. They just, they show up week after week <laughs> to join us and be part of what we're doing and to learn from us and to learn from our guests. Um, you know, what, what we think about, what we want to talk about and what we want to share with the world. So that's one of my celebrations. He's celebrating the fact that our daughter only has a cold, she, which I am too. She has been homesick for the last two days. I am celebrating though, that because our daughter was homesick yesterday, I had the freedom to actually cancel a whole day of calls. I had, um, I've created a life in which I can say to my clients and to others that I'm planning a meeting with, look, hey, I, I really need to put my family first right now. So I'm going to cancel this entire day um, of calls and people understood and they, and they saw me as a human being and right. And it just, I feel so good about being able to be in a space where I can have that freedom and that I have the people in my life that see me as a human being, that I see as human beings, and that we can just kind of show up and be there for each other in that way and not not push so much because I lived a lot of that life in my in my previous careers and I'm really glad that I'm not living that life now. So yeah. Yeah. How about you, Louise? What are you celebrating? Well, I don't know if it's a celebration or something that I'm really proud of, I guess. And that's really about, I had some really difficult client conversations this week with a lot of the layoffs that are happening and people being really impacted by the economy and just being able to really just hold space for people and so that they are able to kind of process through all of that and come out the other side of a half an hour or 45 minute conversation uh, with a little bit more joy, right? We laugh, we cry, we get to do all of that. And I'm just really proud and, and I guess honored to be able to be in that space with folks to help them navigate through some really tough times. Um, those folks that right that left, but also the folks that stay behind too. Um, it's not an easy it's not an easy space to be in um, and to be able to help folks navigate through that is, is kind of pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. You said that Luis, because there were a number of conversations I had this week, the guilt, mm -hmm. the guilt of, of the guilt of still having a job. Yeah. Um, whether or not it's in an organization that, um, they were part of, they saw their friends laid off and they felt guilty about maintaining their job. But then also people who are employed by themselves who are like, I'm not going through that right now. And I feel badly that while things might feel different for me, they don't feel as hard. Um, so a lot of people feeling that guilt yeah. that things. And, and we saw this when we entered COVID too, mm -hmm. right? When sure did. people were thriving mm -hmm. and it was, people felt guilty for thriving. 
Yeah. I, I can relate to that. I, I felt that way because I was already set up as an online business. So it's not, it wasn't anything new for me. So I was just kind of able to like be here when all of that was happening and, you know, people are moving online. It's like, Oh, hello. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm already here. here I am. So, so many people were like having to struggle or having to yeah. figure things out. And, you know, and I was also grateful for the fact that um, during that time, though, I felt, you know, that a little bit of guilt, but I was also able to help some people transition because I'd already done it before. And most of my clients are entrepreneurs and hypnotherapists. And so I was able to like, you know, say, hey, this is how I've been doing it for the last 20 years. You can too. And so, you know, it was kind of a... Um, you know, a little bit of the guilt, but also a little bit of gratitude for the fact that, you know, I can also help them to make that transformation. Mm -hmm. It can be a really bittersweet time for a lot of people, right? It definitely, um, yeah. 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 For sure. You, I got nothing. Ask? No, I got no. nothing. I was like, <laughs> I like, there was something happening there. That was interesting. All right. So, um, Victoria, I am going to share a little bit about you, your little blurb, your bio, and then um, I think Louise has the magic question to ask you to kick you off into, into what you're going to share with us. So um, let me pull up the right screen here because that's always helpful. All right. So Victoria, um, one thing that we learned about Victoria is that she loves sharing her knowledge and empowering others to live their best life and their careers. She's a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned authority on the law of attraction. She has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty aligned with their dreams through her effective meditative recordings and online courses. Through her podcast, The Power of Your Mind, which is fabulous, by the way, she exudes her passion for inspiring listeners with influential guests in the area of self-development, mindset, discipline and habits, entrepreneurship, wealth, and relationships. We are so, so glad that you are here. Louise, you have your magic question for her. I do. How the heck did you get here? I what? know. Right? Like, I, I bet as a kid, you didn't say, uh, this is what I want to do. And you just made a beeline for it. It's like our careers are often like crayon scribbles, right? On paper. They so, really are. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea anybody would be introducing me um, with all of those, you know, <laughs> world-renowned <laughs> credentials and things like that. Yeah. I, I knew that I wanted to like play big and live large and, and, and be somebody, you know, but, um, who that was is completely different. I thought that I was going to be like a rock star <laughs> and that was, uh, that was sort of my dream until I became an adult. And then I went to adult school and I started <laughs> going through the, wait, 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 they have one of those? <laughs> I've never been to one of those. That's cool. Adult school. Yeah. It's called like, you know, going to work. Oh, <laughs> that. No, I haven't. No. And, um, you know, and, and, and thinking maybe I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And so I became a, um, a stockbroker after working in, you know, the, kind of like the administrative um, area for a little while. And I got certified. I, you know, decided to take the bull by the horns, literally, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and become a stockbroker. And so after doing that for half a dozen years or so, and, you know, having uh, kind of like what I thought was like the life of my dreams. I was married, had a nice house, had a nice car, had a you know good shape. Everything was going great. I should be ecstatic, passionate, enthusiastic, and I wasn't. And I was just kind of like depressed, anxious, having a nervous breakdown, and I didn't know why. And uh, so I started going to personal development courses, and. Um, took this magical like four day personal growth seminar and it just turned me around like 180 degrees. We did a lot of work on ourselves. We did a lot of um, closed eye techniques and 
um, you know, really enlightening experiences and tapping into the subconscious and the superconscious and just doing all these amazing experiments. And I was like, just buzzing after I was done with that. And I'm like, I, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I want to be involved in this process of helping people to transform. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it all kind of changed. And then I started making these little recordings and um, I started listening to them. And I told my boyfriend at the time who owned a recording studio, I'm like, I want to um, make recordings and I want to sell them on uh, the internet. And at the time, it was back in like 1998, 1999. And, um, you know, this internet thing was not like that, you know, <laughs> big. And, you know, everybody's just kind of like, yeah, right. You can't make a living doing that. And so I uh, decided to, I didn't know exactly how to get the credentials that I needed um, to you know, make these recordings be effective and, mm -hmm. and transformational. And so I just kept looking it up and I stumbled upon a hypnotherapy certification training. And I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what I need. And like literally within two weeks, um, you know, the, it was locally in Las Vegas. Um, I went and it was like two weeks from that point, And I went, signed up, got myself certified and um, started making these recordings. And then I decided to just kind of take one step forward at a time. And before you knew it, I was getting uh, my own office, starting to see clients. And um, within about four months after making that decision, my branch manager, where I was a stockbroker, found out what I was doing. And um, he gave me an ultimatum. And he said, you either have to, you know, keep doing what you're doing or, and I like literally was not, I was spending more money on my business than I was taking in at that mm -hmm. time. So it was like no income from like a six figure income to a no <laughs> going into debt more and more every month. <laughs> yeah. Income, yeah. Out, outcome out go. <laughs> And um, so, of course, I made the decision, um, like any, you know, crazy person would, uh, to quit my job with like literally no, you know, possibly no, no, no rhyme or reason, no income. And, uh, you know, kind of went through a little bit of a hard time before I turned things around. But, you know, within about a year and a half, um, I was fully uh, profitable, making some fully supporting myself. And, you know, that took place between about 99 to about, um, yeah, 2000, 2000, 2001 is when I became profitable. And, uh, you know, from there, because I had really dipped my toe in uh, to like all you know, all the things that we learned throughout the, the personal development and the books I was reading, um, you know, we talked a lot of, I, I talked a lot about law of attraction, but I talked about it kind of in a way that people didn't know what I was talking about. Um, you know, I would say, oh, you're very magnetic. You can attract things to you. There's, there's this energy flow. There's this, this vibration, but I never called it like the law of attraction. I just, in all my hypnosis scripts, I would, you know, I would talk about this and people really, really loved my hip, you know, my hypnosis. They were getting great results. So when like the secret came out in like 2006. Um, and a lot of people were having a lot of confusion and doubts about uh, the law of attraction. That's when I decided to write my book and create, you know, courses and seminars and, you know, and do all, all of that. So, you know, it's kind of a long story getting here, but, you know, it's just like one thing's led to the other. And before you knew it, you know, it was like, best-selling author and, you know, creating workshops and, um, you know, and now that all the hypnosis that I was selling on my website, now that's all kind of, you know, available on my apps. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so, so that's in a nutshell, that's, that's basically how I got here. <laughs> what I love is that you, you had these little mini visions 
as it was coming. Like you didn't have the big vision of ending up where you are now. Yeah. You would take a couple of steps and then something else would open and you take a couple of steps and something else would open and you take a couple of steps and something else would open. So you were just one. Yes. That is how law of attraction works. Like as you open yourself up to something, something comes closer to you. And you were having this opportunity to like, Louise was saying, it's like scribbling on paper you weren't necessarily saying this is, I've mapped out the whole thing and I know exactly how I'm going to get there. And this is what I'm going to follow. It wasn't linear. It wasn't rigid. It was ever evolving, um, which I, I find for a lot of people when they hear that that happens, that, that things do evolve and we can just kind of open doors as we go, that, that lets people breathe a little easier. Like I don't have to have it all figured out. Exactly. Exactly. That it's, you said it perfectly. And it's about um, like having sort of a, an intention, Mm -hmm. um, an overarching intention of where you see yourself, but also allowing um, yourself to be led by um, opportunities because, you know, when we're, when we're way too rigid and way too attached to all of the specifics, we can't really see, you know, that's that how we get in our own way. We can't really see all the opportunities that are always all around us. If we decide that like, it has to be this way, this exact career, this exact, mm-hmm. um, you know, having, I, I knew what, you know, I wanted to play big. I knew that I wanted to have a, a, a personal development empire And, um, but if I said, okay, it has to be like, you know, this many of this and this exact thing of that, you know, it, then I wouldn't have been open to being led to create even bigger than, you know, and, and just being able to also, um, see the silver linings when things are falling apart Mm -hmm. so many times, um, things are, you know, falling together. I mean, I mean, I really did not expect that I was going to have to quit my job before um, having, you know, having the income. But you know, so many people, I kind of look at that as a blessing now, because maybe I would have never had the courage to do that. And as time goes on, I mean, I was think I was 28, then, Um, you know, and as time goes on, you have more responsibilities, you have bigger bills, you have bigger houses, all of that, um, you know, it gets much, much harder for people to, to change and to, you know, to, uh, just jump ship the way I did. So, you know, it seemed like the worst thing in the world at that time, but, I'm just so grateful now that that happened. And there's just been so many other upsets like that, that when, when I, you know, I mean, I got a lot of times it has been like getting laid off or getting, having to face some kind of breakup or something like that. Um, You know, like my husband and before we got married uh, and, you know, we had been engaged once broke up. um, And then during that, um, getting back together stage, wanted to get engaged again. He actually wanted, he actually told me he was never, we were never going to get married. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So we broke up all the way. And if we had not broken up, we would have, he would have never figured it out on his own that I was a woman of his dreams. And so, you know, I had to, um, completely let him go in order for him to figure that out. I mean, like literally completely let him go. Yeah. And too, you know, too many times people are just, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, especially when it comes to relationships, people are like so afraid that, um, oh, this is the one and only person for me. And I can't let, I can't let that person go. And sometimes you need to, because some, uh, most of the time, things like that happen, there is something so much better available. And, you know, in that, in that case, even though it was the same person, he came back changed. He came back transformed. He came back with a realization and he was, he was a new person. Yeah. As were you probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that idea of letting go, right? Like you really have to like, just trust that, 
um, that next step or whatever is next for you um, will be that that path will be made clear that that relationship we have with work. Right. That's the same thing I hear all the time is that like people get really stuck in that relationship because they can't they can't see beyond what they already have. Right. And without letting go right of, of some of that that junk um it, it it gets really really foggy and then how do you move forward and then people are looking for that clarity and it's like sometimes that clarity comes when you let go of all of those things that you that you know or that you think you know um, yeah. to be open to you know we don't know what we don't know and and really leaning into that mm-hmm. um and that kind yeah. of say, yeah. And that, I was going to say that's actually that's a perfect segue. Segways yeah. us into our topic today, right? Around values, and uh, you know, I I can't talk enough about values. Um, no, she can't. She really, I really can't. Um, because we just don't spend enough time really getting to know ourselves through that lens of what we value. What are our values? Um, and it's that's the compass that leads us where we want to go. And, and we get so stuck in the in the how, how do I get from A to B? How do I get from here? How do I get more clarity? And it's like, whoa, like, let's just take a step back and let's really look at your values and put some language around it and really define it. Because once you define it, then the rest seems to like start to fall into place. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that It was my values of integrity, um, my values of freedom, um, you know, that ultimately led me to having to make that decision. It was almost like the, the integrity, it was so strong that like when I realized that I need to be working for myself. I need to create this company. I need to do this. I cannot do something that I'm no longer passionate about. Mm-hmm. I cannot work for money. Um, I cannot take somebody's money, you know, even though it was like, I mean, I'm good at what I do. I, uh, you know, I, um, I'm trained, um, but I, if I am no longer like passionate about this, I have to stop. And passion is definitely another, <laughs> another value. It so like many, a value. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Yeah. I cannot do, I can't, it's just, I have to do what I love first and let the money come, yeah. um, as a, as a result of, being here now, being present. And so it, yeah, I'm super, it's almost like the values in me are so like strong that I, I physically, I get, I like physically cannot do go against them. Honesty. Like I can't lie, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, and it's so interesting because I think, um, you know, we were talking about Victoria, through your process of getting let go. And I went through something similar. You were given an ultimatum. I was given an ultimatum. Um, also through other, uh, a couple other job losses that really came out of the blue for me. Like I did not see them coming in that way because in those organizations, I didn't realize I was out of alignment. And so mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about the people that we've talked to or we we're talking about earlier who have lost their job or have loved ones or friends who have lost their jobs recently, tapping into our values to understand, like, are we still in alignment and how are we in alignment when we're moving forward? So if I'm choosing to stay with an organization after they just, you know, laid off 1500 people, 2,500 people, 15,000 people, whatever it is, am I still in alignment with that organization? Am I in alignment in doing my job? Am I in alignment in my role? My role is now going to change, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the other part is people weren't just laid off. Whole yeah. organizations. Yeah. They didn't take, right. They didn't take their work with them. Right. right. <laughs> Whole organizations are being restructured and we mm-hmm. have an entire workforce that is being overworked where the norm yeah. is 60 plus hours a week to work. Mm-hmm. That, that means there's more work to be done than there are people to do the work. And now we have less people working. Yeah. So how are you still in alignment with that? 
So, and where are your values? Because your values may say, I am absolutely fine working 60, 70 hours a week with something that I care about. And I care about what this organization is doing. Fantastic. Then keep doing that. I'm not here to judge you. Like, not at all. But everybody needs to identify what those values are. I'm curious, how, how do we how do we here, the three of us, how have each of us identified our values? Like what, what are ways that have helped you identify what you value at this point in your life? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, well, for one, I have, um, I've literally sat down. Um, like I think the very first time I even learned about values was with uh, Stephen Covey's mm -hmm. book, the seven habits. Yeah. And, um, so that very first, and, and I actually, when I was a stockbroker, we went to a Franklin daytime. Remember they, they had the, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> we went to a training. And so that was the very, very first time where, you know, he said, start with the end in mind and like literally writing the eulogy for your funeral and how do you want to be remembered? And so that was the very first time that I ever really got in touch with, you know, values and, um, you know, and so, so I wrote down ultimately like what, whatever it was like 10, you know, values. And then I narrowed that down to like my top five. Um, but then from there I've gone through life and I've made mistakes. I've made bad decisions, bad choices. And when you go through life, I think, you know, your values can change. I do believe like, I always kind of thought that your values are sort of like, almost like you're born with them mm -hmm. and there's like set in stone and that you just kind of came to this journey of life with like, okay, well, <laughs> this is, this is how I'm going to No, I think they, they definitely change based on your life experience. So, you know, I've gone through, um, you know, I was married once before and there, you know, there were things, you know, that happened in that relationship that taught me, okay, I, I value this in a relationship. And so moving forward, um, you know, this is going to be this is moving to my top value. And then when you get into relationships or accept jobs, it's like, you really have to be honest with yourself. Like, does this mesh with my, you know, like, it might not mesh with your top 10 values. And that's okay. But if does it mesh with your top five values that I believe you have to um, you have to make your d decisions based on like your top five values, because like somewhere, the non-negotiables. Non okay. Yeah. So I would say the top five are your non-negotiables, your top 10 values. They're they're values that you can have. Um, but you may not share them with this, the company or the relationship. Um, but the top five values, those need to be shared values with anybody that I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I, I know um, Covey introduced values to me. And the first time I heard it was like, yeah, whatever, right? Like a little bit like that, like much like what you're saying is like, of course we have values, like we're <laughs> human, right? And so whatever that is, and I didn't really understand until um, I was going through like a, like a crisis, like a big transformation in my life, how much that played into helping guide me through that, right? And understanding and doing much like you, like just taking the time to put language to it and, and really understanding but owning your value, not your family values, right? Not something that you were brought up with, but like, what is it that you truly, truly value? And to do that without judgment, um, because that starts to play into, right? Some mind games that we can have too. Um, I often talk about like family is not one of my top five values. Mm -hmm. That's not the word I use to describe the relationships in my life. And so that was a really hard thing for me to let go of. It's like, well, 
of course, family is important, right? My relationship with my son and those people in my life, very, very important. But that's not the word I use. So to let that go was was really like that brought even more clarity to like where I was and what drives me. And so spending the time to really understand, like finding that word that resonates without judgment, without that junk that comes from our past to say, these are my values right now. And I, and I love to what you said, Victoria, because I believe that to be true is that our values do change. They're not, they're not here, right? They're, they're, they're both, they're both from our circumstance and what's important in our lives right now and who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because you, you talked about um, kind of the, this, this idea that they're not static a hundred percent with, we grow and we change and that they can give you like, you had to let go of the family, right? Like mm-hmm. let go of this word family. For me, it was almost the opposite where um, my number two value, probably not a surprise. Number one, number one value is love. Number two value is appreciation of excellence and beauty. And for me, it was really, I was like, well, of course I love beautiful things. I love aesthetics, aesthetically beautiful things. I like things to have a place and to, to look good and to feel good. I was ashamed that that was in my top five mm. because I was like, that makes me shallow that I, so I was judging mm-hmm. myself. So mm-hmm. sometimes as we uncover what these values are, it can bring up this whole thing. Um, I went through this whole period of time. I'm like, oh my God, that's what, right? Like, that's how I show my perfectionism. Holy shit. There's something like, it became really hard for me. And then I was like, oh no, but I really do. I like things that look nice. <laughs> I just like, it drives me nuts that my hair is frizzy today. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm going to still show up, but I'm like, ooh, okay. I have to breathe through it, deal with it and move on. But it's because it affects me. And, and I can use that with my family. It gives me language. It gives me, honey, I know you're listening, but it like gives me language to be able to say to my family, hey, just so you're aware, like this plays into something that's really important to me. I get that you don't care that the pictures don't look right on the wall. I do. This act, it matters to me that we picked the right color flowers to use. Like that matters to me. And it yeah. makes me feel better having it that way. And it's not about control. It's not about, it's just because that's who I am. And to lean into that and to give ourselves permission and, and um, joy to be in our values. You know, I love what you said. <laughs> I love what you said, Kim, because it really brought up uh, one of my top values. And it's a, it's a new value. But I, I also think that values can help us to elevate. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like you have values based on where you want to be, maybe not necessarily where you are now. And so one of the things that um, in the last couple of years, ever since we moved in to our house, um, but this applies, I realize this applies to everything in, in my life now. And it's called, and it's the value of cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is called the cozy value. And it's like, if, if it's not cozy and we, and like, literally we evaluate every single thing that comes into this house, every appliance, every, um, you know, the, uh, the way we decorate, um, everything I buy to wear, mm-hmm. um, I want to be cozy. And I, you know, and it it doesn't seem like you might judge it, you know, or I might judge it as silly, but it's, you know, it really, um, it makes me feel good. And isn't that the point, um, you know, is to, to like have pleasure and in our lives and to be able to walk into a room and say, oh, this is my cozy space and every single room um, needs to, you know, every little piece of furniture, every little thing needs to, everything we, we drink, everything we, you know, it's like, it just needs to hit that value. And then, then you're elevating your life and you're living the life of your dreams. That's how you live the life of your dreams is you create values that are in alignment with the life of your dreams. Yeah. I love that because values are aspirational, right? We don't walk around living our val like that. Talk about rigid, right? Rigid and static. If all, if we only operated from our values all the time and we didn't blend and, and create some flexibility in them, 
that's not like they are aspirational. They give us a guide. They give us the GPS of what, where we want to be. Yeah. Right. And then I also love it's it. You, you touched on this. It's how you feel because our values do trigger our emotions. So if, if we value collaboration, right? I have a lot of clients where collaboration is a big uh, value of theirs. If they value collaboration and they're working in an environment that's non, like they say they're collaborative, but they're not actually collaborative, they're not going to feel good in their job. They're going to create stories about why they're not feeling good in their job when they're just out of alignment with their values. So it really becomes that GPS that puts us on the path to be able to, as you said, create the vision, create the life that we want, because it guides us to that place by saying, this is what I value. This is what is important to me. And I love that whether it's five, six, three, 10, whatever it is, that number that's, that's your non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? Like creating that non-negotiable list of like, this is what's important to, to me, Um one of the places you both talked about Covey, I was introduced to Covey too. I don't know if that's the first place I learned about values or not, but absolutely um, a great way. I think I initially had the same response that you had, Louise, which was like, who cares? Whatever. Have another <laughs> assessment, whatever. Now I like live and breathe by these things. Um, one of the other places that I love to use um, to uh, help people with values, it's called values in action. And it looks at values slightly differently than like just a list of words um, that you kind of circle what you value, which I, I, a lot of people have seen that exercise that bring, comes into a lot of corporations to create that exercise. I find values in action super helpful and I don't get any money from this, but I find values in action super helpful because it talks about values in a slightly different way. It talks about character values. So it's more in alignment with what we're talking about with values mm-hmm. versus like, I value money. Well, yeah, I love money. I Money loves me. Great. Fantastic. But it's, I don't value money in that same way. It's not a character value. Right. Right. Um, so that I'm just going to throw up this little link right there in case you're interested in checking out or anything else, but it's this thing called values in action, which looks at it differently. Yeah. Um, just as a way to kind of help our listeners think about finding their own values. Um, right. Cause Covey's great. Mm-hmm. The lists are great. And I think there's a, just another way that we can kind of dig in and get under. Yeah. No, I like, I like that. Um, because a lot of my values really are, um, character driven. Like, I mean, definitely, um, integrity. I would, I would absolutely say that that of every other value there could possibly be like, like that's number one, Mm -hmm. like there's like zero, you know, I mean, and that just, you know, that, that has, you know, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with relation, any kind of relationship, but integrity with myself as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then integrity, even in dealing with people who, whether they have integrity or not, like me dealing with somebody who's not in integrity is out of integrity. So it's like, it's one of those character values that like, I would, I would definitely say, I, I, Honestly, I, I just, I can't like think of one that's more important than that for me. There are others, but um, I'd love to check that out, that website. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. Oh, good. It's, you're not in like. Maybe, it's all right. Maybe, okay. Um, Lisa's uh, ha- has a little construction going on behind her too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to drop a link to in the show notes um, for the worksheet that I use with my clients. Um, I'll gladly share that. Um, and it gets around like really kind of digging into like, let, like define what that word means to you. It's not just a word on a page. It has a meaning. It has 
has something there. Um, and, and when you do that, I think it starts to reveal where I call them crunchy bits, you know, those spots in your life that just are not smooth. They're like sand in the gears and it's just, it just feels crunchy. Well, if you got some crunchy going on at work or in a relationship like that values, like, and identifying what that is, that, that misalignment, that's the sand in those gears. Like mm-hmm. that's really what's happening there. Mm-hmm. And, and to look at what that is, um, what I'm curious, so like, like a, in your career journey, Victoria, like that big pivot, that moment where you were like that, that from stockbroker to entrepreneur, like really when we look back, kind of snap the fingers, right? Like yeah. giving that, what, what's that value that, that like, where was the crunchy bit for you there? That really was, that's when the integrity value really started uh, setting in because um, I I literally couldn't even get out of bed in the morning um, to go like to work at 6am. Like I was like starting to waver and go in like at, at 10. I'm like, Oh, I am just, I'm not living. I'm not, I'm not whole and complete Mm -hmm. in this role anymore. And like this role is, um, I, I'm not living according to what they expect of me and I'm not living according to what I expect of myself. And that's kind of how I define integrity is, you know, is doing it a hundred percent, um, up to the, the standards that you expect of yourself and that somebody else expects of you. And since I was not able to do that, I just felt like I'm no longer in integrity with, with this, with this role. And so that was a, um, one value that really was the big trigger, but also it was the, just the value of my freedom And, um, and just, you know, knowing that, like, I always want to, like, I want to be the boss, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, like, I will respect you if you're my boss, but I, I always just had this feeling of like, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Says every rebel ever. I was going to say sister from another mister. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, fellow rebel. Yeah. So it's like when when I kept hearing that voice in there, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Ah, right. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, if you don't want to be told what to do, then you need to be the boss. And, you know, and as long as you work for a company, you ultimately have a boss. I mean, I don't care if you're like, I mean, you know, that's why I wanted to work through the ranks to get to CEO, but that was going to be a much longer <laughs> like <Yeah>. transition <laughs> uh, to get to be the boss. So I'm like, you know, let's just fast track this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I had a, such yeah. a similar circumstance because it was, I too was, I had, and this is where my values came into play for sure in terms of what's my next big step. Because um, I, I also was told I needed to stop my side gig and my side gig, right? I was, I was doing some coaching. I was doing a little consulting and I was helping individuals and, and organ- I was working in the nonprofit sector and I was told I needed to stop helping other nonprofits. And I was like, but I'm not doing any of the same work that I'm like, I was, I'm fundraising and vo- doing volunteer management for you. What I'm helping them with is, is do their 501c3s and set up their boards and work on their communications. Totally different. I'm not fundraising for them. I'm not helping them in the same way. There's clear boundaries. They know who I work for. Like I'm above board. I'm even telling you I'm doing these things. And it was like, you have to make this decision. You have to say one or the other. I'm like, okay, then I'm with them and I'll start charging because I was doing it for free. (laughs) Now I'm like, (laughs) right. Cause my coaching clients paid me, but my nonprofit clients did not because I was volunteering my time. You can't tell me where not, where I volunteer. Like, no, hell no. You don't get to tell me what to do. This is my life. Yeah. (laughs) Guess which which one that triggered, which value that triggered. It's for sure that freedom thing. And the, and, and honestly, it is um, 
there's a, there's a value for mine that, that deals with being visionary. Mm. Like I want, there's that big picture thing really need to be able to see the bigger picture. And I felt like they had such a narrow vision. And so, and I, and when I stepped back, I realized that was my crunchy bit, Louise, right? That was the sand in the gears in my entire role in that organization was I was feeling like they were only, they, their scope was this big. And I was seeing the picture here throughout my tenure there. And I was like, let's take a bigger look. Let's, let's really be visionary and, and make some epic shit happen in the world. But they didn't want to do that. They wanted to stay like this. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. <laughs> I feel like we could continue having this conversation for so much longer. This has been amazing um, and so much fun to, to dig into values. And, and just, you know, there was a reason why we titled this one Exploring Values because we knew it wasn't going to be like a hard and fast, this is what values do, but a true exploration of values and how they show up for ourselves in our lives and, and, and how we deal with them. Right. Yeah. And I'll admit, I mean, this isn't a, um, a topic I discuss on a daily basis. And, you know, so when I was coming on here, it's like that one definitely, um, hit me the most. Um, but it was like, I had no idea that we, you know, we were going to go this deep into it and that I was actually going to have a you know, a fair amount to contribute. So Ooh. I really appreciate this, this topic that you brought up. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you being here and for bringing your whole self here and for being um, just kind of open to the experiment of having this roundtable conversation um, and exploring this with us. Um, it has been such a joy having you here. Um, before we do all the wrap up stuff, Let's do our golden nuggets. What are our takeaways from this juicy conversation today? My, I'm going to go first because I have a break in the noise behind me. Um, uh, I love, Victoria, early on, you said around how values can elevate us and how when we know what that is, we're really grounded in, in our values. And then we can start to see and start to like use that value to really elevate and drive us forward. Where we're not living in a value, that's an opportunity to really elevate yourself and to 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 move yourself in that direction of right towards that beautiful life, um, towards that life that fits and feels good. Um, and I love that. I, it just, it still, it just stuck with me, um, from the, I think you said it like probably in the first five minutes we were chatting and, and that's, uh, that's a beautiful way to look at it and, and to actually to use your value to like move you forward in your life. Like this isn't just career stuff either that we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about, all kinds of places and spaces that values come into play and how do we elevate ourselves um, towards that life we want. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I, um, I really, it, it really struck me when you talked about um, the, you know, the character values rather than getting all caught up on, um, you know, the more um, superficial type of values. Um, And I think that, you know, that, that really sat with me. I feel like if you were to focus, not that, you know, we, we don't love money or, um, our health or our relationships and love and things like that, but it's who we are that ultimately is creating our life. And so that really actually struck a chord with me, uh, when you talked about the, uh, character values for sure. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I think for me, it's, it was a thread that came through the conversation. And it's this thread of no matter how we get to our values is to understand that they are living and breathing and they grow with us. And that continually circling back to them so that they can be our guide, right? So that they can get us to that aspirational elevated place that we're heading to, but also so that we can know when and when we're not in alignment. Just being in touch with them, being open to them changing over time and being willing to explore and experiment with them. I think that's a big thread that I saw throughout our conversation. That's, that's my big takeaway for today. Yeah. I love that using, using your values, right. It's not just about knowing what they are. They're actually like, you can, you get to use them. Um, 
Yeah. And we have some really great conversations like this in our um, collective, your Kick-Ass Career Collective. So we welcome everyone to pop on over there and check it out um, where we will no doubt um, over the coming weeks be talking about values and how to integrate that, how to how to elevate yourself, how to bring them out. And uh, those are some of the great conversations that we have um, in that community. So please go and check that out. Um, we encourage you to do so. Um, yeah, super fun. Uh, super fun. I just wanted a little shout out that we actually are opening our winter cohort soon. And we are going to be having a um, free training. So we're going to be doing launching a new course. And we're going to be mm -hmm. filming that course uh, live uh, at the end of February. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, um, we are, there will be more information to come about that. So we're excited that that we're getting ready to launch that too. Yeah. Um, we want to now know, I let everybody know how to find you, Victoria, yes, and all of the amazing juicy things that you're doing. So I'm going to pop your yes, Absolutely. Right there. <laughs> At, <laughs> go to victoriamgallagher.com. Um, and that's where, you know, you'll, we're, 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 we're just about to launch this new app called Believe. And that uh, website is actually believehypnosis.com or believehypnosis.app, I should say, believehypnosis.app. Um, but my main website um, everything links there, the coaching, the courses, the books, the apps, everything. So um, thank you very much, you guys, for having me on your uh, kick-ass conversations. This was, I would definitely uh, say it was a kick-ass conversation. <laughs> and I really, really appreciate you and, and your listeners. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you for being here and um, keep doing kick-ass stuff in the world because you really are. I mean, Absolutely. it's very, very cool. Um, and come back anytime. We loved having you. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you very absolutely. much. Um, to listeners in the world, we thank you for sticking with us. Um, we know it's a little longer than we normally do, but it was such a good, juicy conversation. We really didn't want to let it go. Um, so have a fantastic weekend, everybody. And we will see you back next week, February 3rd, when we're going to be talking about owning the interview. And when we're talking about that, it's not just the job interview, because we interview all the time. When we live through our lives, we are constantly in these places. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation with Amber Brabrand. Um, and it's February 3rd, 2 p.m. here live. We are excited to welcome her. Victoria, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see everybody next Thank week. you both. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank right. you. Bye, Bye for now. now. Bye. <laughs>